water. Earth. Fire. Air. Welcome to Bending the Elements. A production by the Novice Elitist Podcast. With your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. A podcast about all things Avatar. Welcome back, ladies, gentlemen, those in between and affiliated to Vending the Elements. Obviously, this podcast, book three. Wow. Yeah, it has been it has been quite a while, and not just since we recorded our last episode, but since we recorded the uh, the, the finale for book two. It's been I don't know how long. Inside baseball. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it may have been December. So wow, it's a long time. I just mostly also mean that like we've we've done book. It took it took us. It's taken us like two years each book to basically do all three seasons uh whoops well it could potentially be a whole other year before we finish this one so it could make three years all around uh, yeah yeah probably yeah most most likely wonder what happened with, what will happen with cora but that's neither here nor there we're we're finally in here guys uh, it's it's booked it's book three yeah book three chapter one the awakening yeah so this is uh yeah i guess i'll I actually don't know who wrote this one did you look it up I believe it was written by Aaron Ehaz and directed by one Giancarlo Volpe with animation done by good old DR movie. Hmm. Mm. And I guess I'll jump into this exceedingly long uh, plot summary. This one, I just went way too in depth, but okay, here we go. We open book three with Aang recovering from his injuries from the events in the crossroads of destiny. Some time has passed. He's grown a full head of hair but his body is still hindered by the process of healing. And worse than that, he's woken up in a ship seemingly controlled by the Fire Nation. He initially panics until he discovers the rest of the gang on the ship, clad in Fire Nation gear. But before we get some answers on this twisted turn of events, we have to shift gears to another Fire Nation ship. As we see Prince Zuko and May, he contemplates the time that's passed since he's last been home, and what changes he's going to face upon his return. But before he can consider it too long, his musings are interrupted by a passionate kiss with May. And we'll learn more about that blossomed romance, but first we have to cut back to Team Avatar. As Aang questions his own strange state of affairs, Katara uses her healing abilities to work on Aang's damaged body, and in doing so, reawakens his memories of the traumatic events at the end of Book 2, with his death and resurrection at the hand of Katara's spirit water. In returning to the Firebenders, we see Zuko arrive at the Fire Nation capital, with the tale of their victory over Aang welcoming them home, as Azula and the Prodigal Prince are received with high honor. But back with Team A, the tale of Aang's missing time is spun, and it turns out the ship was stolen, and they've been using it to disguise their movements. Sokka used the missing time to continue his plan bending, and devised a smaller-scale invasion plan, built on the help of their friends and allies they met along their journey. And on their journey, they picked up the two stragglers of the Jet Jaguars that we didn't see last season, Pipsqueak and the Duke, and they're along for the ride. And he also slips in that they've gained a new advantage, as the rest of the world still think Aang is dead. Aang is none too pleased about this new revelation, but he doesn't have long to fret, as the ship encounters a passing Fire Nation vessel. Hakoda and Bato botch their interview with the other ship captain, and it's up to our bending crew to lay the screws to them. But away from that excitement, we cut over to our brooding Prince Zuko, as Azula comes to see what's got him down. 
His troubles center around his failed mission to capture the Avatar, and Azula asks if he doubts the Avatar's death, and despite Zuko remembering his encounter with Katara's spirit water, he tells her there's no way the Avatar could have lived. But back to the battle. Aang is frustrated that he has to hide and not participate in the fight. But to take Aang's place, the Serpent from the Serpent's Pass shows up to tell these kids to keep it down up there. But due to bad luck, the enemy ship happens to throw a flaming rock at its head, and knowing that it couldn't let that stand, the Serpent joins the attack, and the boomerangs sail to safety. Aang and Katara have a heart-to-heart about his struggles with his new position, and he tells her that he can't accept his failure and hide, and he needs to regain his honor. And deciding he needs to do it alone, at the first chance he gets, he takes off on his glider into the stormy night. And back in the Fire Nation capital, we find Prince Zuko as he meets with his father for the first time since his banishment. It seems Azula was singing some praises in their father's ear, as Ozai greets him with respect, in particular towards his slaying of the Avatar. This takes Zuko by surprise, and when he has the chance, he storms into Azula's room to confront her on why she named him as the Avatar's slayer. She says it was to ease his mind and his nervousness to face their father, but she also says that it could be because if there was a chance that the Avatar was still alive, her lie could lead to further shame on Zuko's name. But as Zuko leaves to contemplate this potential betrayal, we find Aang's air gliding has gone awry, and he finds himself adrift in the tumultuous waves. And in this moment of crisis, Avatar Roku comes to his aid, and tells Aang that he's not a failure, and that he hopes that Aang will redeem his own failures and not foreseeing the coming war. Princess Yue also comes to him, and reminds him that he's already saved the world, and he can do it again. Inspired, he uses airbending to find an island to rest out the storm, and the next day, he's reunited with Team Avatar. He's accepted the need for secrecy, and looking towards the future. And that's how we end The Awakening. Well, without further ado, we got you know, lots to talk about. But yeah, it's fine. We're, we're finally getting some stuff. We're, uh, we're finally going to maybe uh, somebody's face might be revealed this episode. Let's find out. So please, everybody get their copies to timestamp zero legally, illegally, physically or digitally. And please press play right now. Yeah. So back to book three. Yeah, this is this is exciting. I haven't seen this in quite a long time now. Since the last time I finished this series, I think it was back in 2020, or maybe it was 2019, even I think. Oh, I see. Back to book three is in like back to book three for uh, you for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess. Yes, as a viewer. <laughs> yeah, same, same with me. Back to book three. Uh, next time I go through book three, I'll probably do like a big, you know, binge watching of it because I love binge watching the show. Uh, so it is kind of weird. It kind of, I think it works out uh, in our favor for this, uh, just because Whistler's son, uh, because we. Or kind of, you know, we've we haven't watched for a while, so it kind of works in a way. Uh, it's like we have been waiting for the next episode. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of like you know we're recreating what it was like back in you know in between seasons, but obviously not that <laughs> it wasn't like three months or two months. Well, sort of. And I've been looking forward to this season a lot because there's a lot of changes going on. Uh, one of the big ones we see right as we begin the episode is uh, is Ang's hair. Oh my goodness, he grew hair. Yeah, there's there's a big difference right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think? <laughs> like, does it work? Think you pull it off? Uh maybe. It's it's gonna take a while to grow on me. Let's. Uh, <laughs> I'll leave it there for now. I, I'm not even gonna acknowledge that. Like, forget that. Oh boy, it's a Fire Nation ship <laughs> he's in. That's not good. Oh crap. Yeah. This is this is not good. Um. So yeah. Uh, Ang lived. <laughs> Evidently, or maybe he's literally in the underworld right now. We have no idea because, you know, it's probably the worst place he'd want to be in right now. And that's kind of sometimes the idea of what the underworld is. It's the worst place you could be. So, like, yeah, he's in the Fire Nation. 
yeah, he probably is in Hades right now as we speak. Yeah, and he sees some guards. He tries to swipe at him. He's even though he's beaten to heck, he's still trying to make his escape from the underworld, as it were. Okay, this this time, this time, you cannot like come back from. You know, he's had so many scratches and scrapes and whatnot with his clothes over like the past, I guess, half year uh, that he's been awakened from the from the uh, iceberg. And now this is this is up to like I swear if the next episode he's like his garb is completely fine uh, I'll have none of it I will have none of it. Well, we'll find out soon, but maybe he'll be wearing the garb of some Fire Nation gear because as we see, he makes it up to the deck. He sees some familiar faces wearing the uh, the Fire Nation gear and maybe a familiar little little animal pal Momo. So it's perhaps not uh, the underworld. No, it still could be because for for all again. One, he has hair when he shouldn't have hair because he's supposed to, you know, keep his uh, head clean of all impurities. And two, Momo sided with the Fire Nation. I'm pretty sure that's like part of uh, the underworld being uh, tricking him. Now, very, very quickly, we see the rest of the gang as uh, including Pipsqueak and the Duke, which I was happy to see them returned. But yeah, they, they come to his aid right before he passes out. Huh, yeah, really. He's just like, there's no place like home. There's no place like, oh boy. <laughs> Wait, why is this guard hugging me? This this Fire Nation guard, is that Sokka in there? I don't, I can't take any more of this. Uh. Yeah, he, he was pointing to Pipsqueak and Duke and like, you were there and you were there. And then he passed out, yeah. Why is there something red on the bottom of my foot? Oh, wait. <laughs> that isn't a ruby slipper. That's the... Uh, exit wound from the lightning bolt that hit me. Wait a minute, what am I talking about? <laughs> oh no. Yeah, but as he he passes out, we we get a side shot of the ship, and they do a nice little slick transition to another Fire Nation ship. I liked that. Uh, they did that okay. <laughs> and we get a rather blood-looking, maybe not blood, but we get a full moon. Hmm. Yeah. Wonder what that could mean. <laughs> yeah, and we also see that some some loving has been in full bloom rhyme with your moon bit <laughs> well yeah but so we we see the uh the betrayer himself betrayer betrayer yeah cast like him how out. could you zuko what the heck is going on throw him overboard this is ridiculous why are we seeing this man here after he betrayed his uncle how could you sir why are you doing this shame yeah i, I forgot the passage in the bible where it mentioned that judas had a big scar on the side of his face Oh man, but I don't see the thirty pieces of silver, so I don't know how that's gonna work. Remember the uh, remember that heckler in Princess Bride where she's like, when when Buttercup is dreaming uh, about the wedding, and then there's that like old woman who like you know calls her out uh, for everything that happened. Yeah, I'm I'm basically that old woman to Zuko. <laughs> yeah, and we this is a pretty brief little scene. We get Zuko kind of yeah contemplating what he's gonna meet when he gets home. And May just being May being like, dude, I really don't care. I just think you're hot. Let's make out. <laughs> uh, so I guess dropping it like, you know, a rock from nowhere uh, or an, a piece of uh, glacier coming off and creating a giant wave. Uh, so, yeah, May and Zuko have finally reunited or at least are now interacting with each other. And, uh, well, I mean, I wasn't expecting anything, but like... Um, so, like, I have these pieces I made for you on my world's tiniest violin and air violin. Would you like to hear them? 
Yeah, I don't know what I thought when I was like over there in the crystal catacombs with the avatar. What's my dad going to think of me? All right, well, I see that you know, this just I spent like years making these up for you and my recent travels with Azula was all for naught. Great. Thanks, Matt, buddy. Yeah, it's it's nice to see that all of our jokes about her uh potential love interest element of her have come to full bloom here. It's it's, you know, I thought maybe we were just reaching into into nothing back, but I guess not. Uh, oh, really? So anyway, uh, yeah, I don't really care about what your dad thinks of you. So I just want to make out. Yeah, so I see them making out, and then she very quickly makes her exit. Yep. Exit stage left. Yeah. Oh, but uh, we'll get back to May, potentially another episode, but not this one. Oh, hey, spoilers. First, let's see what, first, let's see what Aang and the gang is up to as he questions why everyone's dressed in their Fire Nation gear. And they basically ignore him. They're like, well, we'll tell you later. We joined the army. Uh, uh, oh, okay. I, I guess that works. I guess we'll just do what Princess Azula did. Well, we'll just, you know, infiltrate the inside and then like take it from there. I guess not the worst idea. Yeah, or potentially they don't want to tell him because they realize that they are on the losing side and they're like, we just joined whoever's going to win. Oh, That'd be a real dark turn. Oh, that's <laughs> I don't know if that's like a sore loser or not or. Come on, have some gracefulness. I guess I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. Like I can't. I can't speak. Yeah. No. I, who am I if I say that? Yeah, but Katara, she's very slick about deflecting. She uh, she picks on some that she knows will uh, distract him right away. Which is, she says, "I like your hair," and I like I like Ang's response to that. Yeah, he freaks out. <laughs> yeah, it's very Ang. Yeah, this really should be uh, Ang's Ang's worst day, like Ang's day off. Yeah, <laughs> like. Yeah, maybe I should have just stayed dead. <laughs> like, what the hey happened? Yeah, but as he's has a moment to kind of question how long he's been out considering the hair growth, that's when Okoda comes over to kind of greet him and, and meet him for the first time. And Katara, she's she's got a bit of a weird vibe towards him. She's uh, given a little bit of the cold shoulder there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Three weeks, by the way. I believe that's uh, what Katara yeah. mentioned, that he was out for three weeks. Um I don't know if that's, I guess his hair grows pretty fast, if that's the case. Um, yeah. But anyways, ignoring that, uh, go to uh, 0403. Okay, either that's like a paint drop or that's a speck of dirt that made it into the frame. But like, I've never seen that dimple there before on Ang's face. Wow. Yeah, I was at 401 and I, I just wouldn't let it go a little bit. And yep, definitely looks like a speck of dirt. Yeah, what the? Uh, I mean, well, whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. Finally, we get to see. Oh, it's gone like the next frame. Uh, but yeah, we finally get to see uh, Ang meet his potential or his uh, future father. I mean, uh, just uh, Tara and oh, Sokka's boy. dad. Um, which apparently he's the chief of the tribe. I don't know if he's like of the Southern Water Tribe. Which is wait, does that make Tara and Sokka royalty? What the heck? Yeah, that okay. Or is or is he just saying chief like captain like like he's he's like the the equivalent to like a captain uh, like in a navy which that's that's fine but like uh yeah I'm just gonna go with I'm going with a ladder yeah I, I guess a chief wouldn't necessarily mean royalty it just might mean you know the 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 kind of regent in that area the one who's who's controlling that part of the kingdom oh great so he controls a duchy let's go but either way, Katara's, yeah, he's definitely in the doghouse, and he seems perplexed as to why. But she's uh, she's laying in the, the nails. 
Yeah, she's just like, come on, Dad, will you stop talking with me? Oh, why? And I like that when Aang questions, she's like, what? No, not at all. What would make you think that? And he's just like, uh. (laughs) Why are you, like, not acting calm? Calm? I'm completely calm. Oh, great. She's, okay, well, I see that she has a lack of sleep again. Not not again. Yeah, and speaking of lack of uh, rest, we see that Aang is still suffering from his injuries. And Katara says, uh, let's go in for a healing session. Yeah, this is, uh, this is me paying you back for when you helped me and Sokka out that one time, uh, with the, uh, with those, those frozen frogs. We had that cold after the storm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and then we get a look at his wound, and I was, I was thinking of, uh, of Akira a little bit with that wound. I was like, when's that thing going to start, like, bubbling and <laughs> just, just sprouting even more until he turns into a big beast? Uh, like, oh, you mean, wait, after soul hits him or are we talking the hallucination he has in the streets when his, all his intestines come out? Yeah. I was thinking when he turns into like the amoeba baby. So after the soul hits him, yeah. Uh, the fetus, the amoeba fetus. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. I mean, I got, I mean, okay. That's (laughs) (laughs) okay. All right. I wasn't like, okay, sure. I love that scene and that entire concept, but like. I don't look for it everywhere. I don't, I mean, it's, it's not like the Rorschach test of like, okay, what do you see in this picture? What do you see in this painting? Uh, the amoeba fetus. What about this one? Amoeba fetus. What do you about this one? looks like a dog, but it's an amoeba fetus. It's like, I, I don't think of that. Yeah. I, I can see a little bit of this shape. There's something, there's some veins poking out. I'm just waiting for them to start bulging. <laughs> I mean, it's probably cause he has a, it's a flesh wound. Like it's a, it's a burn, like a third degree burn. I'd say given he was like st- like thunderstruck in the back. Yeah. Couldn't exactly ride the lightning there, but maybe he'll get his chance next time. And speaking of the lightning, uh, Katara pulls up some little waves of little waves of water. And once she starts cleaning them or cleansing it, maybe there's like this kind of glowing light coming from the, the water. I was like, I don't remember that being a part of the effect when she was doing her healing, but maybe I just don't remember. No, I'm pretty sure that's an effect of, of the water. Uh, during the yeah. healing process, excuse me. At least from what I remember. Uh, specifically when she first did it in the the, the deserter back in book one, uh, I believe her hands kind of, yeah, started to glow. Yeah, I guess it's been quite a while. Almost uh, probably a year and a half or more. Yeah, exactly. Uh, maybe that's the thing that she doesn't exactly uh, have. Uh, I don't know how often she used it in the past or in the, in the past book, excuse me. So mm-hmm. maybe there wasn't many opportunities for you to like get a glance at it. Yeah. Anyway, as she's massaging, uh, you know, the parts and trying to, you know, apply some healing to the, the wound itself, all of a sudden does Aang experience trauma or some memories of what happened in third person, mm. no less, not first person. And they say uh, during like chirotherapy or things like that, you know, you can, uh, yeah, it kind of brings up the tension to the surface. And yeah, this is definitely some intense tension with uh, yeah, some Avatar state violence and yeah, potentially a death. You know, that's uh, that's a lot. <laughs> well, death and resurrection of Optimus Prime. I mean, I mean, of Aang. Sorry. <laughs> Wrong series. Oh, my gosh. And I made my my Judas reference earlier with Zuko. This is yeah, this is getting to be some uh, some sacrilege here. Yeah, especially since this is like a mostly like Buddhist uh, and Taoistic uh, type show with no Christian backgrounds. Yeah, I was going to say, 
I was going to say East meets West in the, uh, the worst way. No, <laughs> I don't know. Wait, West? I thought you meant East. Oh, no. <laughs> That's West. Oh, but yeah, so we'll, we'll cut back to that exchange. It's, there's there's some stuff there that we'll yeah explore a little bit more later. Yeah, other than the fact that Aang says, like, to be a little more P, or PG, but G, he's like, I went down. I was gone. Yeah. But... <laughs> the, Let's just say there's some bluntness about what happened later on. So I'm like, uh, okay, kind of weird there, but whatever. Yeah, I did think that was, I was like, oh, he's getting hip. He's been uh, hanging out with the kids. Yeah, he's down. He's got dirt in his face. He's eating dirt. He's eating the dust. He's been kicked into the filth. He's hit the bucket. The bucket's in his head. He's in the grave or he's he's in the ground six feet under. Yeah, and he's been uh, he's been hanging out with the uh, the crew of Fat, Too Fast Too Furious. He's calling everyone homie now too. What the hey is that supposed to even? He's apply? like, oh my wound, it's almost copacetic, man. So I heard him say that. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> but uh, you mentioned earlier that this was done by by Dr. Movie, and I could uh, there was there was a particular moment in this episode where I definitely was clued in. Oh, go on. And that was when we saw these two twin grandmas, the the creep, the creepy pair, as they're uh, they're hailing the the return of the prodigal son, Prince Zuko, and, and then the uh, the hero daughter, Princess Azula. Yeah, I could tell looking at them right away. I was like, okay, this is yeah, this is a DR movie right here. <laughs> uh, well, other than that, we uh, okay, well we'll go through them one by one, but first, hey. Fire Nation, we're, we're, we're in the actual like Fire Nation itself after like, you know, kind yep. of two books. We're finally here. Well, it's almost like it's called book three fire. Huh? I wonder what that means. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, they, 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 they ultimately give us some exposition of as to what happened on the Fire Nation's side of things as Katara explains what happened with Aang uh, after he, you know, fell or was gone. Um, and we see a bit of what with the Dai Li being aligned with Azula, we see that the Dai Li bring the walls down, or at least one section of the wall down, excuse me. Yeah. Which I'll fully admit I forgot about. I, I for, completely forgot that the Dai Li actually like broke uh, or brought the wall down. Um, just, uh, but, but of course, for reasons to bring in uh, the Fire Nation. Yeah, and we see some of the... Uh... The Earth Nation folks in the city horrified by this this turn of events. And we even see our little pals, the family from the Serpent's Pass. We see them there kind of holding each other in, in fear of what this is going to mean now that the Fire Nation's arrived here too. Oh, 0610, we see June. Or not June, sorry. Wow. Uh, what's her face's name? Um, the, the girl that went out with uh, Zuko in, uh, oh, uh, wow. in the Tales of Bossing Say. Jin. Her name was Jin. I remember now. It was it was Jin. That, that's who it was. Uh, we see the tea, the former tea shop owner, like so. We see them, yeah, or him, excuse me, and then we see her in there as well uh, in the background. Oh, I missed her. Nice little mm-hmm. moment there. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I made sure I was like, I know who that is. <laughs> uh, yeah, as the as the rhinosaurus, chimeric rhinosauruses are going by, yeah, we see uh, June, her mother, and her father, and a bunch of other individuals. And we also see that the uh, the mechanist has continued to supply the Fire Nation with some mechanical tech. As we see many of those little tanks, little CGI tanks come in. So there's some scary tech these guys got. I mean, sure, it's nothing new, though. I think it's just like we haven't seen that in a while. So like, yeah, and there's so many of them. There's 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 looks like there's like 50 of them there. 
I mean, I would assume that was the war chief instead of like, uh, not the war chief. Um, yeah, whatever his name was, the war, the the uh, machinist guy for the Fire Nation. I think that was him, not the mechanist. Well, he probably did. Probably did the designs. Maybe I don't know. War counselor. That's what it was. Never mind. Oh, why don't you guys just bring in a drill? Like, come on. Hey, we, hey, they got their drill back. <laughs> See, that's why they went back to the mechanists. Like this drill guy. He's just he's a he's a screw up. You know. Like, what what do you got for us? I thought the mechanists like. I thought he left, or he's still on the Northern Avenue, Northern Air Temple. Excuse me. Yeah, he's just supplying them with designs. Well, for but... sakes. <laughs> I thought he left that career long ago, but okay. No, he, he's loving it. He's swimming in the cash now, I'm sure. Oh my goodness. Like, what a <laughs> warmonger. Profiteer. It's like, uh, what was the, the duck? I forget his name now. In the uh, uh, is it Duck Dodgers, when he would be swimming in the money. No, not Duck Dodgers. Though. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Don't, don't, don't you mean, uh, yeah, yeah, Scrooge McDuck. Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, which one was that again? Oh, DuckTales. DuckTales, thank you. <laughs> I was like, what the hey, Duck Dodger? I mean, maybe they... Yeah, let's get it all mixed I, up. I don't think they could parody that because that would be like Warner Brothers copying something straight from Disney. Although, yeah, that's fair. I guess to be fair, Family Guy did copy that once and showed the realistic effects of what would happen, but they are now owned by Disney, so they can't get sued. Oh, the swimming in money? Yep. Oh, boy. But uh, but yeah, back to uh, back to the arrival of Azula and, and uh, yeah, Prince Zuko here. Take it away. Yeah, so we get uh, you know the, the, these these two female uh, sages. They they come in and they announce proudly you know how uh, Azula you know infiltrated from the inside and whatnot. We saw those things, and we also get a bit of different events potentially about how both of them faced down the uh, the Avatar, and it was. Uh, mm. Zuko, who was the one that uh, did the deed, apparently, and he's again, you know, the way they spin the story, he, you know, he, it seems that the crowd itself is themselves are cheering, and yep. behold, we see a face on Zuko that does not look as if he shares the sentiment of the story itself. He seems conflicted, unsure. Yeah, it's the the second appearance of Zuko in this episode, and the second appearance of the brooding uh, a face. So we'll see how that that's a trait that continues as we go along. I don't know if it's brooding this time like it was last night. I think it's more unsureness of like, what am I doing, and or what that's is all fair. this like propaganda? Yeah, conflicted maybe. Yes, but then we finally over on Ang's side of the plot, we finally get the backstory that he's been asking for for hours. What happened, sir? Yeah, Sokka sits him down like, let me let me tell you the tale. You know, we after you were all knocked out, we 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 kept flying till we found somewhere safe and we dropped off that old silly old Earth King and his silly old bear companion. And what did they do? Did they just go like decide that they're just going to live in the wild. He's <laughs> like, peace out. I'm out. And he left. Yeah, It's like, oh, I was a complete failure. My whole city has been lost to the Fire Nation. Ah, Just leave me in this wilderness. I'll find my way to happiness here. So it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So how long do you think before he's dead? Yeah, the bear is probably going to turn around and start eating him in like four days. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, that's the end of the Earth King, I guess. Time for a new leader. If they can uh, if they can get back control of Bossing Safe from the Fire Nation. Yeah, they didn't want him anyway. He was spending half their uh, half their budget for the week on uh, bear parties so that's you know that's why they were starving in the streets <laughs> he, he even bought this book called bear oh no 
I was gonna make a joke about in the wilderness they found a some they found a package that the, maybe the bear shouldn't eat, and then he had a really bad time. Yeah, my. <laughs> I was also going to mention like the Hundred Acre Woods, but I guess uh, it's not going there. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, after. Oh, that's when they found the ship, the, the Fire Nation ship. Yeah, and I, I like that they uh, did a little bit like a little invasion force. They were like some pirates. They they came in their little small boats and then they just came in and basically executed everyone. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, we don't know that, but fair enough. They overtook the ship. Um yeah, they basically pulled in Azula where it's just like, all right, well, let's just hide in plain sight. Like, let's do what she did. I hope they take that to heart the entire rest of the book. Mm, yeah, I guess we'll find out because, yeah, that would be would be clever. But, yeah, potentially, yeah, we'll see if they actually stick to it. Yes, of course. Um, and then the plan, the plan, because because uh, Aang was curious about, you know, the big invasion of uh, on the day of the Black Sun. Yeah, and things have had to take a little bit of a shift. They've uh, since they lost the Earth Nation capital, and I don't know how many Daili uh, people are part of the force that they were going to use, but it seems like they've kind of been kneecapped a little bit in, in terms of who they have to uh, help them. So they're they're still holding strong. They think that they can manage with a much smaller invasion force, but it seems a little uh, seems a little foolhardy. I think it's like, uh really. A small invasion force is going to take on that big old Fire Nation, but maybe it's like Star Wars. They need those those small fighters, you know, that the Fire Nation could never expect. And they never closed up that one uh, that one exhaust port. <laughs> Which is still impossible to target even by, like, using computers. Just need to make that clear. You're only bending. Yeah, you can only <laughs> use bending, and that's it. Yeah, he needed air bending to, uh, yeah. There was air staff in there. Let's hope he keeps that air staff, or else you'll yeah. be able to blow up the, uh, yeah, the the Fire Nation star. But <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> yes, their their version of a um, uh, uh, unliving star. Yeah, that's no moon. That's Princess Yue. Oh wait, now I'm getting real mixed up. Oh, what the hey is this? <laughs> it's the uh, oh what the hey the eclipse? No, that was the eclipse can. Never mind. Whatever that. Whatever the space station from Sonic was called. Uh, Sonic Adventure Two. Sorry. <laughs> oh no but this is uh yeah as he finishes up this which i imagine when ang's hearing this his his heart must be sinking a little bit like oh no it sounds like everything's really falling apart and these guys maybe are a little delusional and then once Sokka tells him the real bomb that everyone thinks he's dead yeah that must just be like the f- the floor f- fell out from under him at that moment yeah the uh the horse that finally uh broke the camel's back or the straw that finally broke the camel's back excuse me yeah, it doesn't help that Sokka's just pumped about it. He's like, isn't that great? <laughs> and then Aang's just about ready to punch him, I think. Yeah, two moments that happened during that exchange, by the way, was as, you know, Hakota was, uh, the chief himself was talking about it. Uh, there was a little side where, you know, we're sort of this invasion plan, and then Katara just is like, uh, Dad, it's like uh, uh, Sokka's invasion plan. Uh, uh, shut up. He's <laughs> like, uh, sure, Sokka's invasion plan. And then we see... Again, Duke and Pip squeak there, uh, eating their their old meal and whatnot. <laughs> so, uh, Duke, Pip squeak. Uh, how about uh, Jet? Um, how you guys doing after that? Uh, you okay? I mean, I guess you guys are the last of the Jet Jaguars, so I guess yeah. that's what we have. I, I guess we're kind of in the same league, or we're kind of 
similar there where I'm the last airbender and uh, you guys are the last of the jet jaguars. So uh, yeah. How you guys doing? Oh, you didn't see it on the, uh, the deleted scenes. They had a moment where they showed a flashback. It was actually when sock was explaining that he said that he picked up those two over at the funeral for, uh, for jet and smeller being long shot. It was a triple th- uh, funeral. And yeah, he found them there. So. I mean, yeah, I know as we never found, <laughs> like we, we saw Jet's dead body, but we can only assume that like Smeller being long shot drowned when they flooded the when the Daily flooded that place. So uh yeah, <laughs> sorry guys about that. I hope you guys are okay. Yeah, it's Katara who requested to go and then she when she got there she was like, I'm sorry that you died, but screw you for what you did on that first episode and she, yeah, Sock had to hold her back. It was really embarrassing. Yeah, it was uh yeah, it was kinda ugly. <laughs> yeah, they should have left that scene in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But yeah, we see yeah Aang really not doing too well with the whole state of affairs. Everything's basically falling apart, and he hates the idea that everything's failed ever since his death, and especially that the world would lose hope now that he uh... yeah he's certainly so he's obviously out of the loop because uh, he's been comatose for like three weeks, uh, yeah. and so he doesn't have he's not experiencing what everybody else has already experienced and kind of the fact that they're they're okay with this like they're all just like yeah like why not like this is the plan like we, we kind of came up with it right yeah uh and so he's just like maybe he's like oh why couldn't you guys have kind of brought in my input maybe he's also feeling a bit like nervous because of the fact that he doesn't feel like he's ready the fact that his body's pretty much broken in half so like like yeah, Azula literally like broke him in half like the Undertaker did to McFoley that one night in that steel cage. Um, so I mean, I can understand his panic in a way, but I think it's, it goes both ways. Yeah, and I guess we'll I guess we'll see how how Aang copes as we uh, as we get through the episode. Yeah, but uh, yeah, because it gets very quickly interrupted by another Fire Nation ship passing by. And I, I'll just say I'm paused currently on 849. It's a shot of Bato and Hakoda putting on their helmets. Yep. It never struck me how much their faces were basically the same face <laughs> until this moment. Is it the same face during, like, when it's DR movie? Or is it like a... Di- okay, no, it's sort of the same face. Yeah, it looks yeah pretty much the yeah, identical really. <laughs> minus the uh, minus the mustache or the beard. Exactly, that's like the one difference <laughs> in the hair color. But let, let's move away from that. I don't want to pick on that. <laughs> but what do we see here? We see I, I like um, Duke and Pip Squeak doing, doing a little tag team to cover Appa down there. I think that's a little cute moment. Yeah, they were separate. They they were uh, throwing that over. They, they they got the mats ready. That was their like wrestling ring beforehand. Mm-hmm. Uh, which yeah certainly helped them uh relieve stress when they all had like you know their their wrestling belts yeah toss been training them up she's thinking about starting a league once the war is done oh totally like you know she's bringing back the earth rumble seven she's getting she's still keeping practice being the uh blind bandit after all yeah i think she still holds that title <laughs> oh but i do like this little exchange here with hakoda and batu i think they it's a shame that it doesn't play out well because I think they actually do a good job uh, conversing with these guys, pretending to be these Fire Nation uh, representatives. I mean, I don't know if they did roll their diplomacy check high enough, but no, yeah, they didn't. No, because the other guy uh, quickly realizes, 
wait a minute. He uses logic and he's like, wait a second. This is wrong. These guys are incorrect. Yep. They were a little bit too low, low and then that's where the Admiral Chang came out. So, but I do think that's a good scene. I don't know if you want to go into a little more or, or what, but, but I like that. Uh, just other than like the guy's voice sounds familiar. Oh, do you know the actor or? Well, of course I know who it is, but do you know? No, I, I didn't look it up. Oh, that was Mark Hamill. Oh, oh, I didn't notice. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Trust me, I can I can hear that guy's voice from, well, I can't say a mile away. Specifically, specifically Toph also hears it from a mile away when she's like, when she hears that they're going to sink the boat after they leave. Yep, I like that. She's like, oh, crap. Yeah, nice little use of uh, her abilities again. Always nice to see that. Or her expert, expertly attuned hearing. And she sinks the two of them as they're crossing uh, from the br- from the bridge. And we yet again see some more execution of these Fire Nation uh, guards, you know, Fire Nation troopers. You mean the guys that got like, you mean the ones that got stuck in like the, the drink and then Katar creates a wave that pushes the boat literally away? Yeah. So if, if they just happen to still be in that spot, when she lifts up the wave, they just got their bodies smashed against the side of the boat. Well, then I tell you, sir, to go to 10, 30 or 23. Oh, there they are. They managed to live. There yep. you go. No. Again, she pulls off that maneuver she did from what the hey episode was that? I think it was Kyoshi. Yeah. Wars of Kyoshi, where in episode four, was it? Uh, where when the Unagi is attacking, she pushes herself and Aang back with uh, with the water. Instead, this time she pushes the water away from them to push the other ship away. Rather spectacularly, of course. Wow, she certainly got a power up. I wonder if it's a full moon. Wait a minute. <laughs> That's right. There is a full moon. Although it's daytime. Wait a minute. It's been three weeks. I mean, this is Avatar. You know, her training has gone up to uh, Ultra Master level. Let's just be real honest here. She was grinding XP, like farming and grinding XP late at yeah. night. Like, let's let's be real here. She grinded. Pretty much. Aang was, wasn't around until she could finally break out those scrolls that she pretended were gone. Dude, she was, like, using all the scrolls and all the... Like, she was looking at the meta again and seeing, like, what hacks there are and what, like, uh, what all the, the master players are playing with. So, like, she knows all the moves now. She's upped her, like... What is it in... D and D, what I think it's, I think it's, uh, oh, it's charisma. I think, yeah, I think, I think magic is based off of charisma. So she was increasing her charisma that whole time. And I don't know if this is charisma, but speaking about upping his likability, at least, we see Zuko sitting, still contemplating. While he's doing so, he's he's feeding some ducks. He the 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 turtle ducks are back right where he was sitting with his mom, and Zuko alone. The flashbacks, and we see him feeding these little little cute little babies and their mom. Yep. So I, I quite like to see that make their return. Yeah, he's, he, yeah. He's, first, I mean, not the, one of the first things he does, but yeah, the first thing he does is go back there and yeah, it's been quite a while, I guess. Uh, seems that yeah. the mother, you know, is probably enjoying herself. I don't know if that's the same duckling or turtle duckling that he, you know, whacked uh, before when he was a kid. That'd be interesting, but I don't think so. <laughs> um but they uh, they quickly scatter like flies as soon as uh, Azula makes her presence known. Oh yeah, Azula picks up the babies and shakes them and then throws them. So. Oh jeez, like what he like what Zuko said to his mother. It's like this is what Azula does. <laughs> yeah. So and and she comes over. She's like, well, what could you possibly be sad about at this point? Is that is that that may she getting you down with her depressive attitude? She's even playing you some of her depressing numbers on her air violin. 
Yes, no, like we're seriously like, why am I hearing this? Uh, no, it's it's kind of what I said earlier of of during the, the speech, the announcement of his return. Uh, there's some false information, mm. some alternate history, uh, alternate facts, fake news, as you would say, about how he was the one that instead uh, killed the Avatar. And I think Zuko, maybe he's reading Azula all wrong. You know, it seems she explains that she did this because he was so nervous and, you know, she thought maybe this would kind of ease his uh, his nervousness there. Oh, no, maybe I'm thinking of the wrong scene. <laughs> Sorry, I watched this a week ago. We were going to do it originally. So. I figured. Sorry about that. <laughs> so maybe take it away. Maybe you remember what happens there better. Yeah, no, all, all, she just, all she's like just saying is that there's no... You know, no reason for you to like worry about this because you know he wouldn't survive unless he did. And then, like Zuko, you know, uh, the good side of his face, the non-scarred point of his face, uh, flashes back to you know when he was inside the crystal catacombs with um, with Katara, mm. and she mentions the spirit oasis water and its properties, and he's like, I mean, he never saw the body of Aang, but. She did still have that with her, so it's unconfirmed in his mind, but it's still lingering there. And I'm pretty sure that when he puts his face aside to Azula, she catches on to something. Yeah, and it makes me wonder if maybe she had some spies lingering and maybe knows more than she's letting on about the fate of Aang. Because she, she lays it on thick here about are you sure he's dead? And then later on, she lays it on even more thick, so... So we'll, we'll find out. Uh, we'll get to that scene later. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out later. First, we have to... Uh, but back to... Yeah, back to the scene at hand, the chase. Uh, not that kind of chase. Yeah, the chase and the battle. Yeah, we, we need a... There's not a ton of action in this episode, so we kind of get it, most of it here. And it's it's okay. I, I'm sure you have more to say for the action than I do, but... Uh, not really. Oh, okay. <laughs> Surprisingly, no. It's just like, you know, ship-to-ship combat... And Aang is just completely frustrated that he can't, like, you know, break this, uh, he can't do any, because I, I guess, yeah, in a way, they can't, I mean, I guess, yeah, Appa's also benched in a way, because he can't go over there and just, like, start pr- prancing or, or, like, charging into, like, all the catapults and uh, scorpions, so, like, yeah, I guess he's also benched, but yeah, Aang's just like, come on, I could use my flight to go over there and, like, you know, wreak mayhem, like, like, come on, guys. And Sokka's like, nope, stick with my plan. And he's just like bashing us and like, come on, why can't I pr- participate and be proactive? Yeah, and I was going to say it was good, uh, maybe an unintentional foresight on your part, scheduling in the, the pilot between book two and book three. Oh. Because we open book three here with Aang in a very similar position that he was in that pilot, where Sokka and Katara both like, no, we need you to, we can't, you can't participate in the battle. You're too important. You need to stay back. Uh, the difference is, you know, th- this time they're wanting him to hide, not just protect his his physical body, but the fact that he's still alive. But they still are kind of putting him in the same spot, and he's still choked about it. So, so I think that's kind of a fun bit of timing for us. You son of a gun! You stole my! You stole! You read my book! <laughs> oh no! It's gonna be my whole thing. I'll get into it <laughs> later. I'll uh, I'll kind of sure. talk about it later. But like you're on, you're basically yeah, you're kind of onto something, uh, which is pretty <laughs> funny. That's it's it's quite fortuitous that it worked in our in our favor uh, how we scheduled it this way. But I think that may have been the point. Anyways, um, <laughs> sure. I, speaking of Akira references, uh, Katara basically after 
Uh, she seals the hole from uh, the uh, other ship piercing the side of their ship. Uh, she creates a bunch of smoke. Did that not make you think of Akira during the scene where the right police, you know, start shooting tear gas everywhere? No, it didn't. <laughs> okay. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> yeah. Moving on as we return to uh, another one of our pals. We haven't seen him in a while, but he was referenced earlier. It's the serpent, you know, everyone's favorite guy. He was making the rounds of the talk shows before this episode aired. He's like, oh, I can't spoil my part, but I do have a, I do have a role to play. Didn't I say Unagi instead of the sea serpent? Or am I just like wrong on that? Oh, did you? I said Unagi, not the sea serpent, which was also in the pilot, by the way. Hmm. Funny how these things go. It's almost like I picked this intentionally. Anyways, but of course, Sokka uses his uh, pessimist bending to be like, ah, what could go, what, what worse can there be? And, uh, yeah, these, cause they said they were traveling west of Lake Lao guy. Uh, and so this, and, the, or sorry, not Lake Lao guy, sorry, the serpents pass. And what's in serpents pass? The serpent yep. himself makes a reappearance, uh, for a second or third, like second appearance in the show proper, but third appearance in novice league's fashion. So, uh, Oh, sorry. Yeah, the reason I said he was brought up earlier is since we saw those refugees, you know. He's... Oh, okay, I see. No, that makes <laughs> sense. And there he is in all his candy-looking uh, fashion. Yeah, and he again, he's grumpy. He's like, you know, I've I've been having a hard time with all these folks out of my my ocean here today. I've been doing my morning swim, and then you throw a flame ball at me. Oh no, that's that can't stand. Yep, I'm eating all of you, and uh, yeah, those guys are dead. Those that that whole like captain and his ship, they're all dead. Oh, yeah. Uh, unless they somehow manage to, like, kill the serpent and take his head as a prize, like, in the pilot. Yeah, that town right near them, I think they're fairly near a port somewhere. You know, that that place is in rough shape because Godzilla, I, I meant the seat, the serpent is uh, going for his morning stroll all over them. Yeah, just just wait till he evolves into star and he starts walking <laughs> on land. <laughs> yeah, it's Shin, yeah, Shin serpent. <laughs> unless he starts growing three heads and then wings. Oh, yeah, there you go. Uh, but so yeah, they they got they got lucky there. They they sealed a safety, but Aang he he's still not happy about it. He's he's still struggling. Yeah, we we arrive quickly into a port city. By the way, as you mentioned, we we dock somewhere yeah. in a port, uh, and he's just inside his room and he's just staring at the wall and he, he's just thinking to himself. He's just like, oh, contemplating life, the universe, and everything. Um, you know, then walks in Katara. Sokka and Toph, and they're like, hey, let's go out into town and get some food, because we're hungry. How do we get, like, who has money exactly? Like, I, I ain't rich. Speaking of which, what happened to our house? Did it get raided? I hope not. Like, back in Bossing Say. I kind of, I think well, I... Well, I was lucky, uh, before they made all the Fire Nation troopers jump the plank, they, they made them empty their pockets. Ah, okay. So. Got it. Yeah, but as as they're about to leave, Sokka pulls that little present for Aang. He's uh, he's got a headband for him. He's like, oh, before we go out, just cover up that little bit of a tattoo on your head. You know, that's that's a little bit of a sign for folks that you're the Avatar, and we we really don't want that getting out. And Aang just that's that's the worst thing he could have pulled out at that moment. Oh yeah, and he he starts making it about his his pride, and he's like, if I can't wear my arrow proudly. That I ain't going anywhere. I'm just gonna sit here and and cry. So that's too bad. You gotta feel bad for Aang. Yeah, he's kind of he's he's very much angry at himself. He's he's very peeved off at, at, as to what happened. Uh, he's not happy about it. Um, 
And it's almost like, truth be told, it's almost like the past two two books, he really hasn't been taking things seriously. And now the fact that he has a second wind, uh, he realizes, oh, crap, I should have studied. Oh, you don't say. You don't say. Potentially, yeah. uh, problem that we've been having has been uh, yeah. very drastically revealed. Yes, <laughs> procrastination in this show never. But yes, him and Katara have a heart to heart, and she's, you know, she's been observing him. She can kind of, she knows Aang pretty pretty well, and she she lays out what her theory is as to why he's so kind of broken down about all this, and uh, yeah, it basically comes down to she thinks that he's upset that he's been a failure, and he he basically admits it too. He's like, I I've been a failure. I'm upset about that. Yeah, you, you go ahead. Again, yes. I watched like a week ago, so <laughs> I think I think you actually went to a different scene because she doesn't say anything in that. He he basically vents in that in this scene. He tears down the Fire Nation <laughs> banner. Uh he's like, I don't like this part of the plan. I don't want anybody to be uh a part of I have to do this alone. I I, I don't need anybody else getting in the way or getting hurt. Uh only I can like, you know. I have this bird. I'm putting all the burden on myself. I am like Atlas carrying the weight of the world and nobody mm. else should be there with me. Um, he does not want others to get in harm's way. As said before by you of a <laughs> certain pilot. I will get to that. Not now, but yep. he says something very pivotal in that. He says, I need to get my honor back. Yes. And, and very fittingly, we uh, cut over to Prince Zuko. We even do a fade on uh, one side of Aang's face, and we cut to the other side of Zuko's face, which is a very clear little little parallel there. I thought they did a good job with that. The right side of Zuko's face, and not the right side of Zuko's face, but it's the left side, but the right side, in theory, that is the scarred side of his face. And we see him walking, kind of, you know, mustering the courage up and, like, you know, getting ready. To go into the throne room to encounter what he's wanted for for three long years. Yeah. Yeah, and this is, is this is quite the scene. And as you mentioned earlier, we, we've gotten Mark Hamill once in this episode before. But this is, yeah, we're about to see him for the first kind of big moment. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It's kind of funny. It's the same thing that happened in episode nine, where like there was that one character in the beginning who was also voiced by him. And then he's oh, in the yeah. film as well. <laughs> kind of funny how that happens where he's always like, I got to voice another character. I got to be like part of another character uh, whenever I'm in these things. Yeah. I wonder if he asks or if they're just like, Mark, we know that you've got great voice modulation. Can you come play this bit role? <laughs> great voice modulation. What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> we know you can sound different and, uh, but you know, what's that implying? Are you, are you trying to imply something where there was a series that like used his voice, but they like de-aged it? Uh, was that the bat? Was that the Batman games? I I think they did that in those, didn't they? Oh, and the Arkham games. Yeah, I thought I remember hearing about them doing that. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, maybe oh. I did, but I didn't. I didn't hear that. <laughs> yeah, then maybe I'm missing. Maybe I'm missing the reference. Talking about like in Mandalorian. Oh, oh, no! I don't even think that was his voice. That's what's weird. I think it was another actor, but seriously, what? The... I think okay. so. Whatever. Well, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah, before we see before we see Mark Hamill's, you know, big scene there, we do have to cut back. You know, this episode, by the way, is a lot of 
you know, very quick kind of cutting between moments. It's like they have so much going on. Can barely keep up with all the other cuts. It's more cuts than on a salad or on a on a iceberg lettuce. Yeah, we cut back to Guitar. She's, you know, she left Aang alone for, I don't know, like 10 minutes or something to go make him some tea or something. And already he's gone. He's He grabbed his air glider and he's taken off into a stormy night to do, I I don't know what. <laughs> to announce that he's still alive or I, I don't know what he's planning to do, but, but he's gone. <laughs> he's doing the one thing that him and Shinji Akari uh do best he ran away mm, mm. he ran away again this time in frustration not so much in like sadness yeah that's fair that could be almost the same time i'm not saying that's the same time as last year but like i mean he ran away 100 years ago and it's almost maybe the anniversary of that so like all oh, that probably happened in autumn or sometime like that i don't i have no idea but you know still like that's what he's good at i guess yeah and he sort of ran away when when appa disappeared he kind of took off and left them oh yeah so yeah i don't know i guess that's fair he was just needed some time on his own maybe he didn't know what he was planning to do Oh yeah, he was just full of emotion at that point, and he's also full of emotion here. And so he, he takes off into the foggy night uh, to uh, Arkham. I mean, uh, I don't know, some island, I guess. Yeah, into some big windstorm where he's potentially going to be frozen into an ice block. And oh wait, maybe that. Oh uh, maybe... great! Now he's <laughs> uh, well. Maybe that'll help. I don't know. A hundred years <laughs> go by. We, who knows? It's all it's just all over again. Lovely. Yeah. Before we find out what happens there, we do have to return to Prince Zuko and. Yeah, the Fire Lord Ozai. This is, uh, we've all been waiting for this scene. This is, yeah, this is a big one. Uh, it's it's finally happening. It's, it's we're finally here. Uh, I don't know what people were expecting or whatnot and what Zuko is thinking right now, but I don't know if he would have imagined him being here. I mean, Zuko in book one. Oh, I, I, I don't even know what Zuko in book one would have would have been saying and thinking, but. I don't know. This one just feels conflicted. This one, this, this, yeah. this Zuko is, I don't know, man. But anyway, sorry, not to, not to, uh, keep it hanging, but you know, yeah, he's, uh, we, we see the fire Lord. He, he speaks. What does he speak of? Yeah. He, at first he, he kind of speaks about, Oh, you've been gone a long time and he welcomes, welcomes Zuko back home. And Zuko's face is a little interesting. I don't exactly know how to read his expression. It's, it almost looks humbled in a way and maybe regretful. I, I'm not sure. I've, I'm, I'm interested to, to hear what you think about how he's taking this whole scene here at first. Yes. Yeah, yeah. His face does as he raises his head to his father. He like either. Yeah. He seems profoundly inquisitive. The fact that he says, you know, he's, he's changed in this, in this time, like he's changed in his travels. I don't know if there's any like anonymity, of course, in between the lines. Yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah, certainly Zuko is facing his head. Like, you know, he bows before, you know, his, well, his father. And I guess technically is, well, as, as the ruler. So he has kind of no choice to do that. Hmm. Uh, and he faces him high as, well, 1607. You know, he looks. The fire lord in the eye, and the fire lord looks at him back, with his face held high, not in the shadows no more. Finally, yeah, and I'll say 
there is an element of me feeling like Mark Hamill's voice coming out of that character just feels a little odd. But at the same time, I think they chose a good design for that character. There's almost like an, a beauty to his face. Like yep. he's almost got this kind of like innocent quality to him. But then that voice just adds this mischievous edge or something. It's kind of darkness in there. Yeah, this is like we see we see a man who does look beautiful. I guess if we're continuing on with what we were saying, if it's Lucifer, mm. the face, the voice is <laughs> one that schemes and one that may not be trusted. Yeah, one that's laugh could potentially drive one insane, perhaps, as the, maybe some people have heard in the spoiler section of the previous season. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about, but fair enough. <laughs> Because I have his voice in the, remember in the... Oh, right, yes, yeah, sorry. Curious voice. <laughs> right, yeah, no, forget about that. With someone crying underneath his laughing, yeah. I don't know why these always have a horror bent to them, <laughs> my spoiler sections. Well, I mean, I guess, like, take a look at his face. I don't know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but before we, we continue on between the reunion of father and son... Mm. Uh, we instead then cut back, like you said, yeah, just so many cuts, more cuts than, uh, if I fell off my skateboard when going down a hill, um, yeah, 1614. <laughs> oh man, what a gorgeous background. I just, I just, I, I gotta call props out to the guys who do the background art. It was, it looks really good. Yeah. And very, very shortly after that, we see Katara running over to her, her dad and Bato very quickly realizes oh Katara's she seems pretty like she's having an emotional breakdown I better get out of here before she finally blows up on him we've all seen this coming yeah we have yeah and she she starts laying in about oh no like Aang he's abandoned us he's got this crazy notion that he needs to save the world on his own and you know yeah she she but I was gonna say Bato <laughs> but Okoda he pretty quickly realizes like hmm like, I don't think you're talking about just Aang here. I feel like some of this anger is maybe directed at me, too. And she she doesn't even hide it. She's like, of course, she she jumps right into braiding him. Yes, it would seem that all her frustrations, all, you know, the, the aside she was giving her dad, the, the kind of snarkiness and berating him at probably the last three weeks as well. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's the same thing where... Back in, uh, what was it? Uh, we saw it back in the episode of the Earth King in book two, uh, when she gave Sokka the chance to go see <laughs> Okota instead. Perhaps she was not ready herself either. Uh, Perhaps now. she herself was, you know, just like, no, 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 I can't, I can't do it. Yeah, now you stole my, my thunder. I was about to go there too. <laughs> <laughs> Take it away. <laughs> We're on the same page. No, you already said it. You already said it. <laughs> fair enough that these feelings have been within her the entire time that she's angry that her dad basically went to war which is mm. certainly a thing that you know many many kids and uh, people can probably attest to for that yeah and it's it's a relatively small element to this episode but i like the way that they weaved it in and they and using ang's uh escape to kind of bring it to a head yeah i think they did a good job there with that bit of writing yeah, certainly. And so, I mean, I don't expect, like, I, I don't want, I mean, I don't want a light switch. We, we've, we I think we've both made it clear that we don't like light switches because, you know, it yeah. just seems instant and we want stuff that is earned over time. That's what we as human beings are. We, we, we grow and we develop over time. 
Uh, yep. Whereas with seasons or with, with episodes like this or with, with TV shows, you want to see the same thing, but sometimes it's just like a, you know, a snap and they're, they're out of it. It's like, what the heck? Come on. Yep. But she does say, I understand why you left. And I really do want to give Mae Whitman a lot of credit here. I think she performs the scene really well. Yeah, no, I think she does a good job. Absolutely. Um, and then speaking of a good job, we, yeah, they have their a little bit of a makeup, at least for now. We'll see how that develops. Uh, but we have another, you know, parent and child having a little bit of a makeup as we cut back to Fire Lord Ozai and Prince Zuko. And yeah, this is a, it's a tense scene. It's a little bit of a surprising scene for a number of reasons, but, but a really well done one. I love the set. I love the lighting on both characters. And as, uh, as Ozai kind of lays in his, I'm proud of you and your accomplishments. And in particular, you know, the tests by that treacherous uncle of yours and you slaying the avatar. I love Zuko's face of like kind of stunned shock at that. Yeah. And to keep up appearances, Without like showing weakness, he's like, "What did you hear?" Yeah. Um, just for you know to just you know to see what his what he knows, which is a good a, a good quick thinking moment on him, and hopefully yeah. one that didn't oust him basically as showing a sign of of weakness as being a weak link. Yeah. No, lots of smart writing and and well done work by DR Movie and the uh the animation department Ooh, interesting and the storyboarders and yeah and, and the writing as well although i think you said that already yeah and the directing Giancarlo volpe yep you know, very experienced by this point from one's from one scene of pair a parent and a a child reconnecting with love and empathy to one of yeah deceit your dad made yeah made burn the other side of your face yeah yeah and things hidden under the surface between each other again potentially oh there's a lot of secrets between these two whereas there's like i mean maybe maybe hokoda has secrets from katara i I have no clue i'm not gonna like put that on him but like i think he means well yeah but uh before we kind of pick up on that and what that could potentially mean now that that revelations hit zuko we see what's happened with ang with his uh yeah, his escape attempt, his fleeing into the night, and where that's gotten him. He's, I guess, flown into Fire Nation territory, because we see all these ships in the background in a constant kind of patrol. And he comes out on the other side, just floating in the water. Yeah, it's a blockade, and he is the blockade runner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So instead of, you know, he's instead of being ramming speed, because as we've seen like twice, he's he's not exactly in his best shape. He's like me every time I don't go to the uh, don't lift weights for a while. Um, he instead is like, all right, let me take the stealth approach. And boy, is that a smart one? Because, yeah, he basically does the, uh, the maneuver that the uh, one of the uh, syndrome of uh, uh, what was it? Uh, fighters or or jets does in the incredibles where it goes under the water uh before it hits the uh, island and yeah other than like some cool looking sea creatures under there uh does not Hmm. uh, make his presence known uh to the fire nation which is good and uh, nobody decides to look over uh to their uh port side uh, or I guess stern side or starboard side excuse me uh, depending on which side uh, they're on uh although 
feel like it was a full moon the previous night, so I feel like the whole night sky would be uh, a lit unless the clouds and the overcast are, you know, yeah. blocking it. So they should, but what? Anyways, yeah, it was fairly stormy. It certainly was, uh, but he has no idea where he's going. Yeah, he's just he just needs to get as far away as he can. Yeah, he's like I said, he's good at running away. Yeah, the luck would have it. He even though his glider's gone down, he's kind of you know his flight has been somewhat uh, halted. He finds this piece of wood that's shaped a little bit like a surfboard and he decides, hey, I could use this as a... What do they call that that thing? Uh, You're on a surfboard with a... with a Windsurfing? Yeah, that sounds right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he decides to convert his flight into a windsurfing routine and yeah, keeps keeps it going. Keeps the, the run to nowhere going. <laughs> I mean, his glider is still intact by the way it's just like yeah he doesn't have the power to like take off again uh to do any of the motions to lift himself up from the water to the air and then you know take off uh but instead yeah he rides the waves which is cool until he rides into a storm not again great yeah another storm what is it with storms not again like put him down a new iceberg the first time now you know conquered it in the storm back in book one and now he's in another storm again i feel like the world is telling him something oh i was gonna say i feel like that's another hidden uh, power that the avatar has especially ang as an airbender you know he's like storm his emotions uh, affect the uh, the weather around him and he yeah he's creating all these storms interesting <laughs> good theory i don't know if it's confirmed or not but <laughs> yeah it's potential that like you know maybe and perhaps mayhaps he's you know caught the one originating it i i have no idea um but unfortunately uh, it's, uh some rogue wave or a small little like rogue wave uh, hits him loses balance and his glider goes flying and uh we'll see what happens next but first the tra- scene transitions i'll say go to 1919 and holy smokes that is a beautiful looking palace very ominous yeah. and creepy and nice background as well and speaking of creepy, we get a pretty creepy encounter as, you know, Zuko, Zuko pretty stunned by this this revelation that Azula has painted him as this this avatar killer, immediately goes to confront her. And, you know, it seems she's pretending to be asleep, or at least it seems like she's pretending. I'm pretty sure she actually was asleep. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, but I, I think she knew that she was going to have this this encounter with him. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. She knew the encounter was going to happen. She just didn't like maybe she thought it was going to happen during like when she's asleep. But I'm pretty sure like she was sleeping. (laughs) Yeah, either way, she, you know, she she knows what to say to really needle him. And she gets up and she's like, oh, you know, when I saw you earlier, you were so nervous. So I thought I would just help you out by by telling father you killed the avatar. Like, who cares about credit? You know, as long as he's dead, that's great. But potentially, if he's not dead, well, yeah, maybe you want to expand further there. <laughs> well, let's just say that uh, Azula is the person to have a knife under her pillow um, every night because, as it seems, and also, you know, an ace or so up her sleeve. Because mm. if, again, if, if Aang were to have survived, and whether she does know he survived or not, that's, you know, that's entirely up for yeah. debate. Um, but if, uh, for argument's sake, if she didn't know he survived, well, she at least put in the, uh, the thought and she, uh, had a backup plan of, she put it all on Zuko to have him take the blame rather than mm-hmm. she take the blame. Uh, and then, well, 
would not be good for Zuko uh, if that were the case. Yeah, and I'm sure as as she was portraying it as a kindness to him, he was thinking about his old mantra of Azula always lies. And yeah, she very shortly lives up to potentially that. Unfortunately, he's forgotten that. <laughs> Which is pretty stupid. Like, again, pretty stupider than a doornail, but whatever. Zuko, you know, he, he was never the brightest. You know, Uncle, he could always see that. He loved Zuko, but he could tell that he was a little bit dim at times. Yeah, he's got some he's got some learning to do. He's he's got a lot of like you know, yeah. he he needs even though he like tries to, you know, watch out for his back, it's is there's still stuff he needs to learn. Uh and unfortunately the fact of his his conflicting nature is what's holding him back, really. And I think that's what we're seeing, not just in this scene, but in like his overall demeanor. Uh and this is weird, but I would like like to say, I don't know, I'll point out like just using 2020 29 as an example i think azula looks really pretty in the scene which she does kind of interesting it's a different light we've seen of her she's yeah it's not to say she's dressed in a nightgown that is not what i'm saying but like just her <laughs> face overall and like it's a different side of her she's not wearing makeup obviously she's taking it all off and- yeah even though she's not in her usual garb she's much more like in a relaxed kind of almost more intimate setting even then, she's got her daggers ready to, to plant in you, whether they're metaphorical or, yeah. She's got a small, like, knife that the Cali uh, artists would use. Uh, she's got a karembit somewhere. Uh, she, she, <laughs> she always wants to have the advantage over somebody. Um, and surprisingly... Uh, you know what? Not going there. Never mind. <laughs> and surprisingly, even against that really great scene with um, Zuko and, and Ozai, I think that this scene with him and Azula is one of the strongest scenes in the episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but as as everything moves so quick in this episode with the cuts, we once again return to to Aang uh, briefly here as he's, uh, yep. yeah, he's, he's struggling once again in the storm. You know, he's been, uh, this has been his whole episode, struggling against the storm of uh, his emotions. Storms. Why did it have to be storms? <laughs> but as uh, another piece of lightning strikes... Someone comes down in the lightning, potentially using some lightning bending. Which may or may not trigger him in a way, given that he, you know, got killed by lightning. Yeah, Roku, he was never known for his, uh, for being very thoughtful about people's pains. (laughs) Can I just say, I really wish that, I know we've seen him in, like, spirit form, but I so wish that he was in the cloud form instead. Yeah, and I so wish that he was wearing sneakers and that he sat on that log, just like, uh. Alec Guinness and uh, Return of the, the Jedi. <laughs> I'm more referring to Mufasa in uh, The Lion King, but fair enough. Okay. <laughs> but that also makes more sense, yeah, that he, in, in Return of the Jedi. That, I think that would actually work. <laughs> yeah, what do you think about this scene here? Roku coming to him in his time of need. Well, it would seem though like this might potentially be like, I don't know if it's the Dagobah, or it's the uh, Hoth moment where Aang's calling out. He doesn't call out to Roku, or well, he well Roku comes in a time at need when I guess Aang needs some understanding and guidance. Yeah, we see a little bit of a side of Roku that we haven't seen before. Like he was holding stuff back. Mm. Mm-hmm. Again, whether that was on Aang or that was on Roku, I don't know. But he mentions something about the state of the world and how he is the one that is the cause of it. What does he mean by that? Yeah, I was quite surprised by that moment there. I was like, oh yeah, this is definitely a different 
Roku than we've seen, a much more vulnerable kind of one. And him saying that, that he even wants Aang to redeem his mistakes. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yes. No, yeah. It's 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 a Roku that up to this point, yeah, he's been the mysterious like mentor to Aang. His past self, basically, he's talking to himself. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he, he's, he's like, it seems like this all powerful or at least all wise man. You know, we saw him act out, uh, you know, in, the, in a physical manifestation with Aang during the um, winter eclipse or the, yeah, the, yeah, the winter eclipse, excuse me, uh, the winter solstice, excuse me, um, on his island. And so we saw how powerful he was there, but now to see this side of him that's a little more vulnerable. It's certainly setting stuff up that we'll come to know much later on. I look forward to that. Um, and, you know, he sort of fades away and Aang still is just like, you know, I've you know failed to save the world and whatnot. And just to, just to go again of from beyond heaven's light comes down, shining down a voice, a soothing voice itself, an angelic voice that we haven't heard in a while speaking mm. to Aang to give him hope and say that you have not failed to save the world. And for behold, I show you a full moon, all its glory. We see Yue return in her spiritual moon form. And if anyone needed a reminder that this was done by DR movie, this image here would uh, definitely seal the deal. Because it's, yeah, it's it's looking a little less polished than maybe I would hope for this moment here. At least when we first see her. When we get a close-up, it looks a lot better, but when she's just floating up there. Yeah, I, they probably could have done some stuff to, like, make it, like, transition a little more. But, like, I could, you could almost see it be super detailed. Like, you could see that there, this is a version where it's not, at, like, it's detailed, don't be wrong. But you could get something incredibly, like, detailed. Like, something out of, like, yes. a Japanese painting. Uh, or a Chinese painting, and it would look like, wow, that looks amazing. As her in this, like, heavenly form, almost. Um, yeah, that's that's why her and the old women stand out, because the old women have so many wrinkles on their faces, or they should have, but there it was totally smooth. And there were so many lines in different pieces of that costume, especially on Princess Yue. And all of it was so flat, it was just kind of like, oh, it's... Yeah, it just it, it was missing a little bit of the pop, but but I did appreciate seeing her, and I thought her being there to remind him of his previous victories was another important piece of his rejuvenation. Yeah, and and really something that we haven't seen in a while. Yeah, spirits. We have not seen spirits. Oh yeah. Where are these spirits of another world? Where are they? Why have they not come to like give him a hand and whatnot? We see the moon itself saying. Don't give up. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, you're right. I'm not giving up. And so with that, Aang on his little log pushes himself with the waves. And with the help of Yue herself, she uses her uh, abilities to enhance the waves with, you know, the moon itself. That's pretty awesome. Let's go. Yep. That was pretty cool. Heck, even that image, even that, like that image of her just like raising her hands. Let's see. At twenty two oh oh, we at the twenty two minute mark. That looks really cool. Yeah, that was that was a pretty good image. Yep. It may not it, it may not be Moses, you know, parting the seas, but that's still pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, and don't get me wrong, I TR movie did pull out some really good stuff here. There's just a couple moments here or there 
where I just can feel the, I don't know. I, I don't want to be too, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm my boyfriend. <laughs> you just feel like there's so much more that you would want to see from this that you're like, this is what we got. Yeah, there's just a lack of polish at times, a lack of attention to detail that I wish had gone a little bit more of a once over. That's fair. Um, I think it will be evident by the end of the book as to why there was some cut corners, uh, if I may be so politically correct. Mm, I guess we'll, I guess we'll find out. But as we uh, approach the end here, we see the Ang washed up on a pretty tight spot. He, he washed up on this very small little volcanic island. And he was lucky that he landed where he was instead of in the path of some some lava that could have come and melted his his hair right off or his you know his entire body that too yeah that too <laughs> but um it isn't long before i guess the i guess the gang have been out there searching for him perhaps uh, momo was playing scout for them but they spot him there and yeah they they come and they can I was going to say confront him, but that that's not quite what happens. <laughs> that's not what happens. It's the opposite of what happened with uh, when they were in the desert. Uh, this time, there's water everywhere, so they don't have to worry. Oh. Yeah, but they come to uh, yeah assess where he's at and kind of reassure him that, you know, they're all there for him. And that's another nice little moment here. Yeah, can I just say that uh, 22, 27, another good shot of the island itself, like just with all the yeah. background. So that's a really good, like, sorry, I just want to throw out that piece of animation. Yeah, it's a cool island. It almost looks like the Fire Nation, because I think there's a little, like, dock there or something. I don't know if they used it for something. Or... So, you, uh, so I don't think it's been said, but, uh, well, I said it before, but this uh, we've been to this island before. Oh, Oh, is this from uh, what was that? That was that one called with the door. Yes, this is the uh, this is the Sage Temple. This is that. Uh, this is the the spot of the ley lines. Uh, yeah, where the the, the 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 Fire Temple Island, where uh, Aang needed to go for the Winter Solstice. Winter Solstice. There you go. Block blockade. Remember that blockade? Well, Zhao was in that blockade. Um, was, or he was commanding that block or is in that blockade before back in episode eight of book one. Oh yes. So we have basically returned to being in the fire nation again. And we sort of see what happened in that a lot of lava came like, you know, well, I mean, when avatar Roku said he's going to like destroy the island. Now he didn't obviously sink the whole thing, but he certainly like removed it of its existing uh, establishment. Obviously, we could still see that the dock or uh, some of the structure is somewhat intact, but it's probably, you know, all the, all the sacred art relics and artifacts in there are probably, uh, well, gone. Yeah, and speaking of a sacred artifact being gone, we do get one final little note for the episode. As Toph notices that Aang's glider is, is also washed up to this island. And it's, it's, it's in pretty dire shape. I mean, I think it's repairable, but it's, it's pretty beaten up. And Aang, I guess more as a symbol than anything, because I do think he could have repaired it, decides that there's not going to be any, any evidence of him left. He's, he's going on the lam. He's, he's hiding out. And his first act is this, this secret avatar is to destroy his air glider. So, so that's how we end the episode, really. Uh, first off, 2240. That's just a funny image, I think. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, oh. But yes, I, I think uh, you're, you're right. That... His garb is trashed. Um, 
obviously he, he him being embraced by his you know family is really you know helpful and yeah they they kind of reinforce the fact that you know we're there for you uh and asking about the invasion uh it seems that Aang needs some time alone and so they're going to do that and they will rendezvous with the remainder of the people later on so we'll set that up and of course as you said yes this momentum or this memento excuse me of his past like places it there as like on, on this island of rebirth in a way of lava as, as a symbol of rebirth in a way uh burns up of course he somehow doesn't like just completely destroy his feet i'm i'm surprised by that <laughs> yes i was thinking the same thing <laughs> i'm like all right hang on a second <laughs> what the heck um but ang is letting go of of the past in a way of like remembrance and recognition and moving forward obviously in a healthy manner and yeah that's when the episode ends yeah and uh yeah i guess we come around to, to final thoughts with this one now do you want me to go first or do you want to take it away i will let you go first yeah i think this is a really strong start to to book three there's so much going on um they they focus the lens more on an ang and, and zuko but they they let you know enough in the background that there's a lot of other moving parts that we're gonna have to deal with going forward and i think they balance it all really well I do wish they maybe had a little bit more of a focused lens because it does feel like we jump around so much, but they do a good good job paralleling the stories so that it feels like both of them have a, a resonance that um, kind of holds through on both sides of the story. So it's overall really strong, really strong start. So for me, you, you mentioned it before. Uh, it's so funny that we did watch the uh, unaired pilot or yeah, the, the pilot to this whole series and we watched this. That was a, that was a, that was not, I did not think of that until I watched this episode. I was like, well, that's just, that works so well because in that episode, Aang was scolded for going out on his own uh, by Katara and Kaya and Sokka, excuse me. (laughs) Uh, And in this one, it's him scolding himself and berating himself uh, for having to put all the weight of the world on his shoulders and not let any of his friends help him. Quite interesting. I, I, <laughs> yeah, that was a perfect, that, that was perfectly executed. That, that was a perfect coincidence. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, but this episode, yes. Um, sets up a lot of stuff and, you know, we got Aang there who kind of now has to, it's, it's the end game. And he's he's procrastinated, and he's he's definitely going to have to deal with the consequences of. Well, it's the end. He's he's it's nearing the summer's end, or it's nearing summer. He has till the end of it before Sultan's comet comes in. So, yeah, we have that, and we also have Zuko, uh, finally getting exactly what he wants, or does he? <laughs> We will we will certainly find out. It's a setup episode. I think it does pretty good. Uh, I don't know. If, I wouldn't say we should compare it to the other like first episodes, but I think this one holds up with all the other like you know book two episode one, book one episode one. I think it holds up with both. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I think they've all started pretty strong, and yeah, this one's no exception. Yeah, and then they just dip in quality. <laughs> oh, <laughs> with, come on, with a bunch of filler. I'm just kidding. 
Yeah, but I'm very much looking forward to to jumping into book three. And yeah, I guess do you have any final words for us as we yeah as we continue on our journey here? I ask you a challenge to all our listeners: shave your hair, beard, or top of your hair, and then when we're finished with book three, uh, send us pictures. Sounds mm-hmm. creepy. Uh, send us pictures of what you look like at the end of it. I also will say if you and or just any of you right now are feeling down and burdened by the past, well, you know, it's not January anymore. I don't know how many people have kind of, you know, gotten rid of their New Year's resolutions, but it doesn't matter. Tomorrow, start a new day. Every every single day can be a new day. That doesn't that does not mean you get to like keep repeating mistakes over and over again, but you know what? If something doesn't work out, try tomorrow. You always try. Till next time, peace. Oh shoot. Okay, sorry. Uh this is the, I'm interrupting this, but like holy shoot, man. I'm on I'm on Tokus Toku Shoutsu, so the the Twitch channel that shows, you know, a lot of Tokusatsu media. Mm-hmm. They're playing Godzilla. They're playing the American version of Godzilla, like the 1956 version. Oh wow, Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yeah, I'm looking at Raymond Burr right now. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> holy crap. That's awesome. I'm sorry. That's that's amazing. Yeah, we'll get to that version one day. Yeah, holy smokes. Just, I'm sorry, I've, I've never seen this before either. But anyway, sorry. Uh, oh, wow, you never see that movie. Mm. No, I never have. I've always just watched the actual, you know, Japanese version. Yeah. <laughs> like the the right one, I guess. But no, with the one with with uh, the one with Raymond Burnett, that one probably is awesome. Anyway. Um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see.